Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the guild. This is going to be Casual Master Quest side quest. Today, today, we're going to be interviewing a man of mystery hailing from the other side of the world. At least to me, I you know it could be Pretty different for anybody to say. If you're on that side of the world, then I suppose, yeah, I guess that would be their side of the world. However, right now you're in Canada, so I don't know how, like, other side of the world. What, what would that be? Australia, maybe? I, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. However, the person we are talking about is Nick. Nick, Hello. welcome. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Are you into bondage? Um, you know, never had any experience in that field yet, so. You're gonna, um, you're gonna really open with that. That, that's what you're gonna do. That's not I'm, even the question. I'm, I'm open to the experience, but you know. I mean, I wasn't saying anything dirty. I was just more or less like, uh, "How are the uh, the belts tied around you <laughs> if you're strapped to the chair? Is the um, bright is the light a little too bright against your face right now? Because I can put it closer if you want. But welcome to the interrogation. Oof, oof, oof. That was just a warm up question. Um, you, you said the right <laughs> choice or not? I don't know. There might be people out there. All right. Man, he, so, asked, uh, he asked me about steak, asked you about bondage. I feel cheated. I know, right? Oh, geez. Don't worry. <laughs> there can always be a part two. I, I was going to say, I got uh, electric clamps uh, hooked up to a nice car battery. I'm going to spark them up a little bit here. Ooh. Mm, Spicy. Ooh. Sorry, I accidentally set my shirt on fire here. Nick, we got a line of questions between myself and Cam over there. We're going to be talking about you because we want to know you a little bit better, buddy. And, you know, if you got a large sum of money in an international bank that we can somehow get out of you in the process, then it's win-win. So there's, you're going to be very cooperative, and I am so grateful for that. Question number one. When and where were you born and raised? Um, so I was born in India, a mm -hmm. city in the south of India on the east coast called uh, Hyderabad. Um, it's a mouthful for a lot of North American speakers. I was gonna I say, know. if you want to say it one more time slowly, because uh, you know me, I like I, I learned shisha, but that's right. pretty much it. Uh, Hyderabad, so that's H Y D E R A B A D. Hyderabad. Yeah, okay. that's, that's pretty good. Enough. Yeah, um, uh, I was born there, and then within within ten days, because of my dad's work, we moved to Saudi Arabia uh, for about two years, and then in 1997 we relocated to Dubai. Uh, uh, Dubai. Where, yeah. So Dubai, which is in the United Arab Emirates, uh, it's just a city. The capital is Abu Dhabi, which we where we moved in 2007. So I spent 10 years in Dubai and then seven years in Abu Dhabi. Holy smokes, that is quite a jump across. Like to us, you know, I, I say, oh, I, I was born in Michigan, but, you know, I might have spent some time in Indiana. You're talking about hundreds, almost thousands of miles across uh, parts of the world over there. I mean, I couldn't tell you like what the actual distance is but the flight from uh, india and the uae like dubai is like three and a half hours four hours it's yeah, really not that long a flight i mean you say that's not that long but i mean a three and a half hour flight to me would be from la over to the east coast somewhere that's still something that's true yeah i guess um, i mean and that right there is two and a half thousand miles if i like a little bit more than that, i think i think it's something like um two thousand maybe twenty five hundred kilometers uh God knows what that's in. Ooh, I'm, not sure. I'm, I'm abandoning this question. Okay, so cool. But yeah. question number two, you moved to Canada. Why did you choose to go there for school? Um, yeah, so the way the, the way the UAE is, it's a very, uh, it's a weird place, a beautiful place. And everybody knows that you're going to have to go somewhere else for like post-secondary education. So for like college or university, because the education system there is just not up to scratch. Um, in terms of like giving you opportunities career-wise. And so we always knew I was going to go somewhere. 
for various reasons, I knew I was never going to go back to India. Don't plan on it. Um, and then I was looking at the obvious choices, the UK, Europe, Canada, or the US. Uh, very early on, I disregarded the US immediately as a choice. A smart uh, move, by the way. <laughs> uh, the, the main reason being that it's a lot more expensive than it is in Canada. UK was also disregarded as a choice because it was also too expensive. And also, and I still believe they have that issue now, this, right now, where they were offering zero hour contracts for uh, UK nationals, which means um, they'll give you, like, if you apply for a job, you get the job, they'll give you a contract, but a zero hour contract. That means they'll only call you when there is work to do. Ah, uh, on call. Okay. Yeah. So there, there were hardly any jobs for British nationals. So, and I w- there was no chance for me to like my job prospects post graduation would not have been great. So I disregarded the UK. Um, if you ask me now, if I wanted to go to Europe, I would say yes okay. because um, I didn't I, I didn't want to go then because of the language requirements for a lot a lot of the a lot of parts of Europe. There are places that offer courses in English, but. A lot of places that I would have liked to go because I was going to go into mechanical engineering back then. Um, they like you need to learn Dutch or you need to learn German, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want the easiest option. I can't <laughs> and believe it. One Dutch, Jeez. Canada. Canada ended up being the easiest option, mainly because it was the only place that would take me. I found one university out of all the dozens of universities that I applied. That I was like, yeah, I will take you because I was a terrible high school student. Oh, uh, so I actually have a question to jump off that. So yeah. uh, upon coming to Canada for the first time, like what were some of the biggest culture shocks or differences slash surprises that you found and things like that? Or were there not many at all? There were not many at all because uh, the UAE, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi is good that way. They, they try to adopt uh, uh, Western practices as much as possible. So I remember when our weekend used to be um, uh, Thursday and Friday. So um, uh, in Islam, Friday is uh, the main day for uh, prayer. They have a big prayer at uh, noon, I believe, or like the midday prayer time. And so Friday was never going to change. And so the weekend used to be Thursday, Friday. And I remember when they changed it to Friday, Saturday to get as close as possible to how it is in like Europe and uh, North America. Nice, um, nice. And so we were just always exposed, like uh, unlike other par- some other parts of the world, we like we had YouTube, we had like internet, mostly free access of the internet. So. It's, we weren't really sheltered from like how things are in North America. Fair and enough. it's also a very superficial lifestyle. So like money is very important in the UAE. So it was also very materialistic. So money is very important to me too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just just from, of course, the perspective I do have from uh, studying geography, I would imagine that the difference would be much more so if you were in Saudi Arabia than that you were oh, in you know, so it was, it was in yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> much different, much different. Okay. What was your first video game experience? Question number three on my end. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 2. So I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, yeah. but yeah, that was my first video game that I remember clearly. There might have been others, but th- that was the first video game I remember my dad showing me how to play and going through it and me trying and trying and failing. And there was a one level that I was always terrified of, uh, where he's running towards the screen and you've got the rolling ball behind you oh, and yes. you have to jump over. Yeah, th- I always hated that level as a kid. And then like five years later, I was like the best at that those kinds of levels. Fun fact, I do believe you can replay that level in uh, Uncharted 4 as in fact as Nathan Drake versus uh, his wife. Oh, OK. I believe that's the one you're talking about. Uh, so another one actually to bounce right off of that. So talking about gaming now, your first gaming experience, how often do you play games? Like how much of a major part of your life is it for you? Um, right now, it's a big part of my life. I spend way too much time on games than I should. Um, it was a big part of it, big part of my life growing up. But my parents were always very uh, uh, restrictive for, you know, it's like, OK, school's more important than this, that for the obvious reasons. Um, so I never, that's why I never had like a lot of the games. I never, 
had um, like I never played a Grand Theft Auto game apart from the age uh, restriction. My parents just never let me buy a lot of games. Uh, that's why right now, and it's put me in that same mindset um, where I just buy a couple of games and I'll finish them first before buying the next few games. But the games I'm picking up now are games where you just don't stop, like Destiny Two or any other like MMO. Right. right. Just so I was just going to say, uh, jumping, jumping off of that one more time, because I have another one that bounces right off that, uh, which is seeing as gaming is a major part of your life. Uh, do you have any other like major hobbies that we don't talk about too much besides gaming? Any things that you, you know, put a lot of time and effort into? Um, I, I used to play the guitar a lot. Um, I wanted to be a, I wanted music to be a big part of my life at some point, not in terms of me being a musician as a career or like a rock star. Well, I would still like to be a rock star. If you give me the chance now and like all of a sudden transplanted like Slash's hands onto my hands and be like, all right, you can go out there and you can uh, you can be a rock star. You can lead the Guns N' Roses. I'll be like, yeah, I'll take it. Oh, um, but at yeah, no, I used to play the guitar. Um, I enjoy performing live. I used to play the bass live. Uh, taught myself a little bit of uh, a little bit how to play drums uh, for one particular song that we had to do thought myself a little bit of the keyboards um music yeah music was a big part of my uh not childhood but big part of my high school years hmm. and so i bought both my guitars with me from uh, home to here was there any particular uh, instruments you played in high school uh so particularly i started with the guitar uh started with the acoustic moved on to the electric and then uh the music institute i was learning at i became really good friends with my guitar instructor and so he started putting me on like shows that the institute organized and i just played bass i filled in bass for him nice yeah. okay what were you like as a kid uh quiet really shy um, no no yeah i was i was super shy up until like 15 16. Um, once, like, once you get to know me or like, once I become like good friends with somebody, then, you know, I'm probably as I am now, um, like a lot, I can have a lot of energy and like, I can bounce around, but I was really quiet, really shy. I spent a lot of time reading books and I miss that about, I, mi I miss reading books now to some extent because I used to read a lot of books. I'd go through a 400 page book in a day. Wow. Right? Ooh, that's dedication. Just, yeah. Because, you know, um, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up mostly because I kept to myself and also I'd spend my summers in India and I'd spend like the whole two or three months in India and alone too because my parents were busy working if my sister was either not born yet or too young to travel so I started traveling alone when I was like eight. Oh wow, wow. Oh, yeah mercy so uh you were mentioning it when you're 15 16 around high school time at least uh to us I'm not sure if I'd like to think it's uh, almost the same to you right you'd be in high school when you're around 16 yeah, years yeah, old yeah what were you like in high school um uh, huh. Yeah, I was. Um, I think I was okay. I was a student. Oh, sh oops! You're a very oops. vulgar student too. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I was a very uh, vulgar student. Um, I was just a bad student grades-wise, but I was a student. Like people knew me. Like everybody in the school uh, school knew me because I was just that nice kid who would do something if you ask him. Uh, too. So like teachers like me, I volunteered a bunch for like a lot of the kindergarten uh, teachers. Okay. Um, some of my best friends, their uh, parents were teachers, so I got to know like the school system a little bit that way. Um, avoided doing schoolwork as much as possible, just chilling with my friends and like. It's uh, one had, should. Uh, we had an open area called the Quadrangle, um, just hanging out, not really causing trouble. I don't. I got in trouble once for back talking uh, our vice principal for picking on uh, one of my classmates for no reason. He came into the class and he's like, what are you doing? And he was just sitting there and I'm like, you can't talk to him like that. He's like, okay, do you want to see me in my office too? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Look at you, Nick, bringing out the big guns. You yeah. better watch out. That's, That's what I like. like. <laughs> That's what I like. 
Um, oh, okay. I didn't. I never fought with people. I got along most. I got along well with most other people. If I didn't like somebody, I just ignore them. Oh, it's yeah. okay. Uh, we'll change that soon. <laughs> so, question number five on my end: favorite food. Um, this is probably like cliche thing to say, and most people would say this. I know not everybody would, but my mom's food obviously tops the list. Um, but right after that, uh, Thai food. Asian okay. food in general is just like the next like. 20,000 slots. I just love Asian food. What kind of culture uh, food does your mom typically make? I so, don't want to sound South young. Indian food. Okay, fair so, enough. So South Indian food, it's all um, uh, vegetarian. I didn't, like, I, my mom doesn't cook. My mom's a vegetarian. My dad's a ve- vegetarian. Yeah, my dad's a vegetarian. My sister's a vegan, but that's a recent change. Uh, I've always had, my parents have never been um, strict about letting me not eat meat, um, as long as it's just chicken growing up. And so, oh, I'd have, like, my meat on the weekends. And May I ask a uh, question of ignorance? Yeah, sure. Would the uh, cost of meat in Southern India be uh, very pricey? Oh, I have no idea. I have zero idea. So all my family is um, uh, Indian as well. Uh, so, so let me rephrase that. All my family is vegetarian as well. So that too. We never had meat at home. Okay. Um, mind you, in general, food outside in India is not that bad, depending on where you go. Like, s- same as here. Like, if you pick the right place, it's both good and not expensive. Um, so, but I've never ever bought meat in India, like from a store uh, to cook. So I, you're asking the wrong person. Okay. But uh, mind you, we also have a pretty large population of Christians and Muslims. And so it's all super mixed. So it's not like it's... it's uh, it's a bad thing to buy uh, meat or anything, and so it's, they don't jack up the price because of that. If that's the kind of angle you were wondering, or okay, uh, I guess the reason I was uh, pointing it out is like, uh, for example, say in Southwest California, uh, there's a huge population and, and density there, and because of that, there's also a concentrated amount of vegetarianism due to the lack of uh, input of meat because meat is incredibly pricey in that region. And so uh, people, you know, say, you know, oh, I'm going to become a vegetarian to heal myself and you know, make myself feel better. And also they don't have to pay an extra you know, 100 bucks a week. Right, right. So th- uh, it was just a wild guess. I was like, okay. well, I know India's uh, population density can get quite up there, especially around the cities. So I wasn't sure if culture dictated because of the price of you know meat in that area. But just a random out of the blue question right, of ignorance. Right. No, you mind did. you, I'm also thinking of the prices. Sorry to cut you off, but the prices in relation to Canadian dollars or US dollars, it's it seems insignificant. But within India, it would seem a lot. So I wouldn't know. So I, I have no point of reference. All right. You did bring up Muslims and Christians. Do you follow any religion? Yeah. So my family, uh, we're Hindus. Uh, so we fo- they practice Hindu. Uh, they are hin- Hinduism. They Hinduism. follow Hinduism. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't follow at all but i was i grew up in that um in that religion i grew up so that's why we're vegetarians because uh hinduism has different levels and the highest level um uh are the priests and the priests are like no meat at all but different levels allow you to have certain kinds of meat the overall ban is on beef so Mm. we're not allowed to eat beef because one of our gods is closely associated with cows okay fair enough fair enough how did you take interest as a podcaster so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about Twitch as well here. When I first playing Destiny 1 with my friends, they'd constantly talk about the, the popular uh, Twitch streamers who were PvP players. Um, 
and so they're like oh you got to check this guy out you got to check this guy out and i'm like well, where where are you watching these people play and like is it on youtube he's like no dude there's twitch and i'm like oh okay let me check that out logged into twitch my first day there was a man called professor broman and his title he was at the top of the destiny directory and his title was bald angry man plays video games <laughs> and so checked him Sounds out nice my uh, kind of he's, guy he's actually one of the founders of guardian con um got to meet him uh this past year at guardian con in florida um and he started a podcast about i want to say last year in october or november and just talking and it's a, it's a podcast about helping people set up and it's a streamer help friendly podcast helping people stream the motivated motivational and then from there i learned about gary vaynerchuk because i was one of his uh, sources of inspiration and gary vaynerchuk is a multimedia uh, uh investment mogul business mogul yeah, he started a uh, he took over his family's wine company and built up from like a 3 million dollar company to like a 30 million dollar company in a couple of years and then from there he went on to like dominate social media and he's like if if you need a creative outlet just start a podcast it's the easiest thing thing to do just do one and i'm like okay i'll do one that's why professor broman oh, started I'll one, do one and i'm like well might as well think about it because i need something creative and i started forming the ideas um on what i wanted to do and I, my main idea at this i'm going to use this as proof that proof of concept now that during this recording so my idea is to uh, the current running title is third culture uh thoughts so i'm a third culture kid i grew up i was born in one place i grew up somewhere else and i have a fusion uh, of these two cultures making a third culture and i was going to sit and talk to various other third culture kids or people about growing up and what their like perspective on life is and how it is compared to where they currently live just to because the only way to like fight any kind of discrimination or racism is really just knowledge True. So just to get like those words those messages those experiences out there um and so while i was in the process of po- uh, workshopping that um i saw a reddit post by uh by yours truly by uh <laughs> yes yes by me Jeff. saying i need a couple of losers we need to team up and make a <laughs> podcast pretty much wow. and then I mean, that's how this started too wow <laughs> Man, i was like freaked out with the fact that you responded within a couple hours cuz like man it's probably going to take a week so i was I freaking out i was on my way back uh to canada from india and so i was stopping over at my cousin's place in a different city for a day and i Uh, as soon as i landed you know just casually checking my laptop and i'm like this guy's looking for podcast people i uh, might as well try you you shoot one, you miss 100% of the shots you don't shoot yes that that is a famous uh, 299 cent uh poster yes yeah <laughs> i was freaking out too i just want to let you know that tyler really yeah no pressure i mean i anxiety is a beautiful thing if you the fear of the unknown can really cripple your thought process and over both things but uh you became a co- podcaster look at you you made it yeah. you yeah. the big step up and uh look at you now was there uh have you still considered the idea of maybe doing the uh third world culture podcast still or yes no that's going to happen eventually um okay. i'm shooting for some time before the end of next year so i'm giving myself a generous time window but i'm not stopping any work so i've been solely uh accumulating ideas workshopping like the tagline like the abstract um working on the title thinking of who I could bring in because I don't want I don't want to necessarily restrict it to bringing in guests who are just third culture people right I want to be able to bring on everybody and have a conversation with them but I I'm, I'm also trying to be careful of like just the theme and the format and what we're going to be talking about because I don't want to just start off with the heavy hitters and just straight 
firing criticism upon uh, North American lifestyle, but I'd want to be able to have like a proper intelligent conversation while keeping it fun as well. It would be very interesting because uh, no offense to myself or to you, Nick, uh, I don't really get to have the chance of talking to many diverse people. Now, during college, I had the opportunity, but for the most part, the city I was raised in was predominantly white. And unfortunately, uh, I was sheltered from racism and all that. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I didn't see any difference between people as much as uh, apparently I was supposed to. And I'm glad that uh, you are out there to actively, you know, try to combat that whole stereotype. And I know people like Cam there. Cam is silently, mind you, infatuated with the idea of this uh, whole uh, world culture that you got going on because he loves asking questions about it because he wants to know. And quite frankly, I do, too. So I just want to let you know that we got your back. And I know Cam will instantly be your first listener if you ever, the, ever go for that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> So, question number nine. What is your favorite video game series of all time? This is... The story of a girl. challenging. We tried the <laughs> ground the world world. Um, nothing but Destiny 2 games by every time I saw him. If we're talking about video game series, are we including just like also, apart from the games, but also the lore? Just like everything about a series around it? Or? It's interesting because you are overinflating the question immediately. I know, I am. Because... Okay, you can also be just a simple video game. If it's just okay. a video game, great. If it's a series, great. You can explain your reasoning why, because um, there's always going to be overlap. The Halo franchise. Uh, franchise. The moment you said favorite video game, the Halo franchise just popped into my yeah. Okay, that, that seemed uh, nice and easy. Now, why is that? Um, it was the first PC game I played. Um, Halo Combat Evolved, two thousand one. I believe it came out uh, first PC game I played and then I fell in love with the world. I fell in love with the story. I'd spent hours on the various uh, wikis, like summarizing the books because we never had access to those books. So I'd have to get my information from the internet and um, it's just brilliant. Uh, just like I, I, I fell in love with the lore and the gameplay was great too. Halo 4 is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Halo 2 was eh, Halo 3 was good. Halo 5 was eh. gameplay wise great, but story wise eh, disappointing. But yeah, no, I, and Halo Reach. Halo Reach is the pinnacle of it all. Halo Reach and uh, ODST. Mm. So uh, uh, I do have a question that's going to branch actually both the things we just previously talked about. So video gaming and then also the world culture thing. Right. Uh, so of course, one thing I'm interested in is in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai, what was the game culture like there? Did releases come out at a different time? Did a lot of your friends play games? Like how did it differ between the two places? I want to hear it all. So um, early on, I think the delay, uh, the releases were offset by quite a bit. The first time I remember releases coming to us at around the same time was a Pokemon Platinum when it released, okay. when, they, when it was still being, uh, I think, eight months or nine months uh, uh, after the Japanese release. Yeah. And so we were getting it at about the same time uh, around then. So that was 2011, 2000, no, even well platinum, before. Yeah, no, Platinum was before. That was uh, 2009, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. around 2009. That's when it was about normalized. Before that, it might have been. I never paid attention to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the gaming culture is very much FIFA related. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm sorry for North American listeners, but football is very, very <laughs> popular in the Middle East. And oh, yeah. um, uh, FIFA is the biggest game there by far. Uh, and people have the money for it too. So Ultimate Team is just making EA tons of money. Mm -hmm. um, and then the biggest thing there also was during uh, the PlayStation 2 era was uh, pirated games, getting them for... Um, you know, you could say, oh, like $5, you get a fake game, you insert like a fake chip reader into your PS2. Yeah. For us, a uh, game was like $3, $2. Oh, 
super fake pirated game. Oh nice. man! So, so that's that's why my friends are like, oh, I, you know, I finished all three, all two God of Wars. I played this. I played this. I'm like, yeah, I just played Ratchet and Clank three. It was great. <laughs> loved it. And I and so I had those games. I had Ratchet and Clank one, two, three, four. Uh, Jack and Daxter one, two, three X and Lost Frontier. And I just played the. I played them all over and over and over again. Try to 100% them. Those are the only games I ever tried to be like an achievement hunter. Yep. Now, so on top of that, basically, I know we talk a lot, actually, in the U.S., we joke about in the 90s, there was a whole soccer mom thing with, uh, you know, Pokemon, the devil and that sort of thing. So is there any similar uh, analogous thing going on there as well, where, like, was there any stigma against gaming in the culture or was it generally accepted? How would that really play in? Um, I think the uh, the stigma against gaming was essentially the same as in most, uh, you know, developed world it's like oh you're spending too much time on the video games you need to focus on your studies very much the same and it depends on the personal parents um uh parenting philosophy some parents were chill about it some parents weren't there were some parents who had um all the money in the world six kids and had no you know they didn't care what their kids were doing um but the only games that were ever like uh i think just unanimous unanimously people were against or at least the adults were against were the gta games because of uh the uh, sexually explicit content of those uh, nature of those games. Um, yeah, there was so, a little bit in there. I can. I can so they, those games were actually that. banned for a period of time um, in the Middle East. Oh wow! There's yeah. a couple of things that you told me that was banned in the Middle East, and it really, you know, threw me off there, Nick. Uh, like, for example, you said vaping was not permitted. No, um, and I don't. There, there's no real reason why. Um, it's changed a little bit, so now as it stands, you can bring in. Uh, gear and juice from outside as a so i could take some home um and i could walk around and i can vape nobody's going to stop me Uh, i'm not going to get arrested but it's illegal to be sold and bought within the country and as far as i can tell um i believe it's a uh money thing they're making too much money from uh the tobacco industry so they have no reason like this will start taking money away from the tobacco industry because there's probably not as many ties that anybody has to the you know the vape industry okay and i know vaping to me anyways is a huge part of your uh your personal persona so to speak it's a little bit behind the scenes uh would you think that most of the vape juice that we get personally is uh made in america um i believe i believe it's uh I mean, I guess uh, most of it could be locally made, so it could just as easily for you, for example, your brand would be in Canada. But for me, you know, most of the stuff I get was probably uh, locally made. Now, there's a lot of FDA uh, issues that, you know, really struck down on making sure that, you know, you don't do anything too crazy. And, you know, I'm kind of nervous with how uh, America does and uh, regulates their own vape juices. So having any uh, country that isn't like super ready to clamp down on and make sure everything's being followed, have something like that sold in uh, a country like that, I would be really hesitant unless uh, the country was willing to, uh, you know, clamp down and make sure that everything is regulated properly. Right, which which is completely fair. Uh, the issues I have with the uh, states right now is that they're trying to treat it as a tobacco product and they're taxing it as such and trying to make it illegal because of, again, I, I'm going to say, and this is all speculation, tobacco lobbyists and how much money it would take away from tobacco products. Um, that's from the state side of things. Um, in, in the UAE, there's a there's a mall called Dragon Mall, which is this massive, massive structure that shouldn't exist, where you have all these uh, really cheap Chinese-based shops, and you can buy, you can find anything, any kind of hardware, device, electronic, cloth, uh, like clothing item, you'll find it there. And there is one place that sells um, 
uh, vape juice, and they're not great. They're 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 like really crappy, shady back alley juices that somebody made in their basement. Like, um, I mean, and to they're, be fair, they're selling them for high prices too. These are like unregulated, properly like not properly treated or made juices that they're selling for $60, $70 for 30 mils. And it's of less quality than what you'd find anywhere in North America. I would like to defend, uh, or I guess counter defend your statement. I think most of the people that make vape juices usually do it in their basements. So I'm I'm just- Mind mind you, a lot of the US based um, companies. So like Primal is one, they're ISO 7000 certified, which is one of the highest levels of uh, like certifications uh, in terms of like producing things. So that's like lab grade equipment. Mm. Um, and there are a few companies that are good like that. So it's just really about taking the time to do research. I, I've stopped buying house juices from different vape stores and now only buy premium premium juices because a lot of them are certified. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I kind of got sidetracked there, but I realized oh, yeah, that uh, what is... Uh, something in real life that you strongly dislike i say it's a really generic question so you know you take that and think about it um i was gonna say hate but you know hate's a strong word so i was gonna stick with strongly dislike it, you know you can be generic you can you know be the the hero's man and say i strongly dislike racism i will continually combat it or something like that but if you got something like i hate pancakes i'm <laughs> wa- pineapple and pizza oh okay so you said food and I was thinking of food already. So I'm going to go with food. I really dislike the level of Indian food in Canada. It is abysmal. I could make better Indian food and I'm a, I'm an okay chef. Like I'm, I'm an okay, not a chef. I'm an okay cook. I'm not like anything great. And I like, I'll make four things that are really great and that everything else is kind of whatever. But the Indian food that I can make is a lot better than the Indian food. You'd find at like a five-star Indian restaurant here in Vancouver. Tastes just Terrible. like home. If you find it in the dumpster. <laughs> Yeah, if, you know, one way of putting it. <laughs> Question number eleven, which uh, I already know the answer, but let's let's you know throw out some clarity here. Right. What is your sexuality? I am straight, okay. or as far as, as as far as I know, not had any. Uh... Oh, we haven't met yet. That's right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, part two to that one: relationship status. Uh, I am currently, as of right now, as of today, in a relationship. It's been almost a year. I want to say it's been eight months now. Okay. Nine Close months. enough. You can call it a year. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I won't go too much further into that because I want to <laughs> respect you. Like, there's some things like I want to pry open and kind of look into your soul, but it's like, eh, that's kind of his uh, private life. So, no, no, my shit. This is, this is also a bit of a public platform. So, sure, very I have the, uh, the hard hitting question in regards to yeah. relationship status. So, if, <laughs> okay. If Tyler's not willing, I will. Uh, does your girlfriend play video games? No, she does not. No, uh, unlike Ooh. us, she's actually doing something with her life. No, <laughs> yeah. disgusting. Um, How dare she be successful? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't play video games. Um, I'm trying to coax her into playing, or at least trying something basic. Uh, but she doesn't even have the time for that. So don't drag her into Destiny Two, please. Do no, I would never drag her into Destiny Two. That's that's way too much of a financial investment to even like start as a beginner game. Probably financial like, investment. That's why. Yeah, probably bring her into. Um, I know something simple like uh, Stardew Valley or Terraria or something just, you know, now nah, you're cooking. Just, just get her Minecraft or something. You know, start off simple. Let her have fun. Okay. So uh, since I don't want to get too personal on your relationship, uh, yeah. let's go personal a whole new level in a different direction. What's your blood type? Uh, I believe I'm a B negative. Ooh, you got to get positive in your life, man. Oh, what's that okay. question? 
Okay, so fun fact for you, Cam. Uh, I think Nick might actually know this. In Japan, it's actually common yes. to ask what the blood type is. I'm aware of that. But okay, well. the discover compatibility. So if he's a B negative, him and I could never work out. <laughs> I won't tell you why unless I get interviewed, but... I'm not going to ask your blood type, Tyler, just so you know. Okay, uh, Nick, that's all you. Nick, what passion projects are you working on now or have you worked on recently? Now, we kind of touched up on this, you know, things that you enjoy doing. Uh, you did do a uh, a short film recently. Is there anything else similar to that that, or you can talk about that too? Um, so yeah, the film was part of uh, a course I had this semester. So it wasn't necessarily a passion project, but I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, it was a crash course uh, into uh, the film industry, not necessarily filmmaking. Filmmaking was a big part of it, but they told us about the various roles, the theory behind uh, lighting, behind camera work, behind sound design, editing. Um, we went through a lot of like clips in class, analyzing those, breaking those down. That was really fun. I think, I, you know, if, if you ask me about possible careers that I could see myself in, I could see myself in the film industry as uh, somebody either behind logistics of getting things organized or being like the director, which is essentially like a, he does logistics himself. But um, I could see myself as a director, not necessarily just like be abuse my power or be in charge of people. But I enjoy working with people. That's my that's my main thing I've learned over the last few years. Like I really enjoy working with people, being a team, like being in charge of like a team and communicating with all the different parts of the team and making sure the uh, job is getting done. That's I've had fun with that. I've been in a few I've been in one volunteer role like that where I've had to lead people, and it's it's a volunteer role I miss every day. Um, the other passion project we talked about uh, the podcast that I originally wanted to start with, uh, Third Culture Kids. Um, third culture thoughts. I think that's what I wanted to call it. That's one I'm working on right now. I'm working on building my own website from scratch myself. Um, that will sort of link everybody to it'll be my one central hub for the podcast, for my stream, for all my work, for employers and just everything in general. So what you what you see online for me, my Twitter profile, my Instagram, uh, my Twitch, this show, really, I try to build it on me being um, like real. this is what you this is what you not even like real this is what you get like it's genuine like I don't have a private uh, Twitter profile that I use separately like it's all one in the same right because oh, we if don't I want to talk about what we discussed behind the scenes okay oh that's fine <laughs> um, yeah so like it's, it's about creating like a, a whole like identity that I'm trying to go for right now um, at least online like I, I'm not saying I have an identity crisis and I need the approval of a million others, please like me, right? And, uh, <laughs> come to my Twitch and follow me, yes, please, thank you. Don't worry, we'll ask. <laughs> we'll get um, you set up, man. And I want to get back into music at some point, but I'm talking about 10 years down the line. Like, I want to... Um, I want to st I want to start like a band like a cover band and I want to stream that like I want to have I want us to have like a banging like 12 set list 12 song set list and we just rock and we just go on live we're like hey guys once every two months this is our show thank you for coming out we just have a virtual concert it's amazing you should say that because I was you know I got onto twitch.tv and, and they show all the partners on there you know, yeah. front page and all that and it unfortunately starts it off uh, unmuted so it's like oh I gotta get out of here before I you know get struck with trash hitting my face right. And all of a sudden, I hear this beautiful melody coming in from a woman just sitting there on the guitar, just singing. And I just sit there, just I was mesmerized. I was like, "Hot damn, this you know this this lady's good at this." And so you saying that, it's like if there was somebody that was just in there, you know, like let's stream our music, let's do it live, let's show the world what we got. And I was like, 
that'd be a great idea. And uh, you know, I wish you wouldn't wait until ten years down the line. But you know, if you want to make yeah, something happen, it's, mainly because it's a hobby for me. Like, it, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it's very important that anybody sets realistic, not even realistic expectations, but knows what they're trying to do, knows what they want to do with it, right? So, for example, streaming for me, I'm doing it purely to sh- show to the world that I'm I'm a silly man sometimes quiet, sometimes loud, that plays video games so much, I might as well share it with the world. It's glad that you're here. I don't know why you're here, but thank you for being here kind of thing, right? I'm not really looking. It's 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 not a career I see for myself. I don't think I could ever do that as a career. Uh, that's not what I want, but it's going to be like a mini side hustle. Right? But you'd want that moment. You'd, you'd, maybe, you'd enjoy maybe it. Maybe want, like, I think everybody craves attention regardless of what they might say or how humble they might be. Even for a minute, everybody wants, like, some sort of attention, some sort of recognition. So if all of a sudden, like, tomorrow, somebody drops, like, a fatty 20,000 viewer host on me, and I'm just sitting there starstruck, uh, starstruck and playing, like, dying constantly in Destiny, I'd enjoy that moment. I'd live it up. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd freak out. And then I'd just be okay and see how, you know, how many followers I get or whatever, and then see where, where to go from there. All right. All right. Uh, next question on Poland. This one right out of my butt, so be ready yeah. for this one. Uh, how much money do you spend in Canadian dollars on hair and beer products or beard products? Um, I, hair products, I want to say we can do it by monthly if you want to. I don't know what the no, I don't even, I, I don't have, I don't have a monthly expense. I can tell you by year. So my shampoo and conditioner total are 40 bucks, and I'll probably get so 20 bucks each. And I probably only get my conditioner twice a year, so that's forty, and my shampoo maybe three times a year. So that's sixty, so hundred bucks, hundred and twenty, let's say, for hair products. That's uh, not too bad. My beard oil actually lasted me. It's the same one that I got, and I got it when I came to Canada in two thousand fourteen. Um, it lasted me all the way up until last year, so <laughs> about three years, and it was thirty bucks. So thirty bucks a, mo- a year on ten bucks a year on uh, beard care. A thousand dollars a year. Don't worry, I'm not gonna. Okay, but then if we're talking about haircuts and beard trims, it's probably like twenty five bucks every four or five weeks. Okay. Yeah. You you have somebody else uh, professionally trim your beard? Yeah, I don't touch my beard anymore. I used to because I, you know, I I'd say, oh, you know, I could do it. You know, I'll do like the lines, clean up those lines myself. But I don't actually trim my beard anymore because I'll make one wrong move or I'll go one setting too short, and all of a sudden I made a mistake and have to shave it off and start over again. Ooh. So it's been about two and a half years now that I've not been clean shaven. Nice. Like at wow. any point, like I've maybe had a goatee like you've had you have right now at at like the uh, shortest or oh, like I got something going on, on the sides here. You just can't see because I'm a blonde. Yeah, but, me here. Uh, that's the most I'd uh, like. That's the least I'd ever have, or maybe like down really like uh, skin short. But I was n- I've not been clean shaven in a couple of years, mainly because I have a butt chin and I don't like and I don't really want people to know about it. Wait, you mean like a, a cleft chin? I've got like a little dimple in my chin right oh, there. Oh, you got yeah. the super healed chin. Yeah. Have no fear, Nick is here. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine just like accidentally like like pulling down a little bald spot right there and they're like, oh my god, look at Nick. He has a little butt cheek for a chin. Okay. Anyways, completely sidetracked. Once again, that's okay. Any political preference? Um I can't. I can't vote in Canada until I'm a citizen, so I don't really pay much attention to politics in terms of local politics, but I pay attention to politics as a whole and just keep an idea, like just generally keep have an idea of what's going on. Um, if I mean, if we're going to go by you labels totally specifically. from this question, I, I would like to point out that Cam has uh, done the same last ones. I was going to throw out, yeah, you could say, you know, I, I kind of like this and this, but I'm not going to talk about how much of a fascist I am. 
No, like I most strongly identify with uh, like the liberals. I think that's it's the same in the states as well. Okay. Um or uh, whichever one's the most liberal one. I think it's the It's a okay. it's a very deep than, topic that even I don't uh, understand. So throwing names around, I I I'm a liberal person mainly because I like to think of my life experiences. Right? I grew up you know surrounded by people of all different kinds i traveled a whole bunch i've eaten a whole dip, like i've eaten all kinds of food um people are people fair enough fair enough uh, let's see if you could have one game like just tell it like snap your fingers and all of a sudden it's like bam it has a sequel you can play right now and whatever you know console you want what what game would you want have a sequel right now or a prequel you know depending on how you view it jack and daxter now would you want a sequel or a prequel i'd want a sequel i want to know what happens next Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That was simple. And I would too because uh, you know, it's like what was it? The, the big thing at the end of uh, the last one was like Daxter Daxter is like, "Oh, he's the chosen one. He's one of the old guy, you know." Yeah, that's Jack and Daxter 3, and then you have oh. Jack and Daxter X that continues the story after, which is the combat racing game. Oh, and the, you have that Jack was, and that Daxter story? Yeah, that had a story. And then you have Jack and Daxter the Lost Frontier that the story was okay. The gameplay was weird, but it gets really abstract and it's just really out there. And there's like nothing in between. Like all of a sudden, you're fighting sky pirates, oh. right? And you're like flying around, and it just gets really out there. And so I'd really like like a proper sequel to Jack X uh, or like Jack Three, Jack Four. Um, to like sort of do now. It's been a while. They need to really push it up the front. Yeah, um, I think it's Naughty Dog who owns it. The, like, they have no plans for a sequel anytime soon. This thing. Um, I hope. I hope like next E3 they're like, hey, surprise! You know, here's a Jack Extra Four for the PS5. Whatever. President Sony will wear uh, a T-shirt that shows uh, Jack's on it to give everybody hope at the uh, next Sony Expo. Uh, question. Oh, I uh, put too many questions. I no point numbering them at this point. Was there ever a time where you thought you had to give up gaming for your future? Um, every day. <laughs> every day, it's like, okay, I gotta stop this. I need to cut this crap out. I need to live my life. No, but uh, I'm a procrastinator by nature, um, very much so. And anytime I don't want to do something, I'll throw myself into something else. And school wasn't going so great maybe two years ago and i'd find whatever else i could my volunteering position games going out and just throw myself into it to avoid facing the reality of me sucking at school um and so i've changed my mindset now i'm using my procrastination to to aid me to like push me forward right like so i'll work like really hard for like a day get all my work done then i procrastinate yeah. as much as i want kind of yeah. so gaming is my procrastination reward um and so I think about how how much if I just stopped gaming, how much, not even time, just how much more effort I'd be able to put. But that's why I started putting more effort into my gaming and everything around it to try and build more, right? Not necessarily like play games more, but like I'm doing the podcast, you know, I'm doing the stream, trying to build a community, trying to uh, network, forming relationships. It's uh, so I'm pushing my efforts into something else rather than just necessarily thinking, all right, I'm wasting a lot of time. I'm like, well, I'm spending all this time what can I do? Absolutely. Right? It's about rephrasing the question rather than blaming yourself. <laughs> Nick, you're an interesting question. Like, there's so many just off the wall things that I want to shoot at you, but I can't really form them into actual words and questions because I really want to, you know, I want to get to know you more. And you've told us a lot about yourself, but I, I got one last question for you. Yeah. And this is kind of you know, a curiosity on my end. Any people you want to give thanks to for helping you become the person you are today? 
Um, there are a couple people here in Canada. Um, I have my career advisor. Um, she's really, uh, she's been really supportive of all the decisions I've made academic, uh, academically wise the last uh, year or so. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll always be thankful to her. I had my first counselor when I came to uh, Canada at the college I started at. And she also grew up in the Middle East. I can't remember where. And she did her mass, like her undergrad and master's year in Canada. And so there was a connection there because she had, we had a background we could share. Right. Like she there's a lifestyle there that she was aware of. And then so we could communicate that way. And that really helped make me feel comfortable. And she really helped me through a lot of things. Um, and then I had another counselor uh, and he's helped me a lot, too, through a lot of things. He's really helped me. He's really helped me settle down uh, mentally and prepare myself, not prepare myself, but settle down and be OK with everything that's going on and sort of push forward. Um, so that's in Canada. Uh, back home. Nick, I just want to point out here that yeah. I asked you if there's anybody you want to give thanks to. You can at least say thanks to the you know first name basis or something here. Um, so, so counselors specifically, like uh, the last few people, um, I don't know if I'd be allowed to. Ah, uh, you don't. Uh, that's okay. purely it. Yeah, yeah, it's just purely from a professional point of view. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yeah. Say, uh, like even first name basis, that could even push it because you know we talked about where you went to, and then we talked about career choices that you know the people you spoke with, and we yeah. go by name. So I can understand that. So yeah, that's purely it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it to a simple thank you then. Yeah, and uh, back home. So whenever I go back every December, um, it's it's really the there. There's six people that I ever want to see. My my mom, my dad, my sister and my three friends like they were my ride or die people from like high school and their family to me like i do just about anything for them it's uh andre vlad he's romanian ian biko he's filipino and andre de beer who's south african andre de beer is in south africa right now ian's in malaysia and andre vlad is in the uae he did his uh, aeronautical uh, engineering degree there and he's going to newcastle soon i think andre is the person that i met correct on facebook uh no that's eugene that's my roommate Oh, my apologies. Oh, well, you're talking about somebody from, uh, was it Ukraine, I believe, that uh, we were trading Pokemon with? Because you accidentally randomly added me to him. Yeah, on. so that's that's my uh, roommate. He's in oh. uh, Ukraine right now, and he's going to come back in a couple of weeks. Um, and also a big shout out to him, actually. Because oh, uh, he's oh, yeah. we, one of my if we're friends. talking about him, we don't want to accidentally like, ah, yeah, he's my roommate. No, Anyways. he doesn't care. Um, yeah, no, I, all these people, they've, you know, I'm, I'm not a person that needs a lot of friends. I don't need like a huge circle like a social circle but i need a couple then they people. would bog down your destiny too playing i mean we don't that's pretty that. much it no a hundred percent like especially when I'm i not gonna lie, I, I understand. <laughs> but no i just need a few people who, who i'm close with and you know um they fulfill my social interactions need uh the biggest person I, I know we're running a little bit short in time but is my mom um you know like a lot of other people maybe uh, i know not everybody because i don't know okay anyways um she, it's okay to get teared up all the values that I have in me, uh, all my 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 perspective on life, my perspective on the world, most of it came from her. Like I wouldn't be the person I was if it wasn't because of the way she raised me. That's really it. That's that's very touching, man. Yeah. It really is. All right. Is there anything else that you want to you know warn us about yourself or you know whatnot uh, before we start wrapping this show up here? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite color? red okay there we go that was nick people nick uh where can we find you on twitter twitch hit us with all the big stuff um you can find me on twitter at lr warrior 11 on twitch at lr warrior 11 so it's twitch.tv forward slash lr warrior 11 instagram at lr warrior 11 
I'm trying to figure out if I'm anywhere else. I'm in the process of getting a YouTube channel set up mm. myself. Yeah. Look at you. Some uh, crispy Destiny and Overwatch highlights, maybe. Nice. We'll see. Yeah. So simple enough. And I don't know why I keep trying to stress it out because every time I hear the name, it's like, oh man, I'm not going to remember that. Uh, so L as in left, R as in right. And I'm, it's not really left to right warrior. There's a different no, reason not. for it. Okay. Uh, but that's the way I do it. And I'm terrible for it. No, that's so, fine. I say it myself too sometimes. So L, R as in the letters, and then warrior, and then 11. And you can pretty much Google that and you'll find a whole thing of stuff you, you can should, find from yeah. Nick here. All right. I think that's the show there. Uh, Cam accidentally got struck by lightning. So he is We're gone. He's okay. Yes, we're hoping he's okay. We're going to have to get off here make sure that everything is all right on his end and uh, see if uh, we need to resuscitate him for the uh, show because without him, uh, we are quizless. So we'll see what's going on there. However, that was the side quest here of the interview, the casual interview of Nick. And that was him. This was two times Tyler. The uh, potentially dead person struck by lightning was Cam at Cam Collects. And that was the show. Don't forget to never stop the grind. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Cam. Find more of our work by searching for Casual Master Quest on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast players. Check out what we'll be doing next week on Twitter at MasterQuestPod.